Hey, hello, how are you? This is a show for everyone else. Instead of going after top 1% of the world, we dedicate this podcast to celebrate the lives of the unsung heroes and self-made artists. Thankfully, I had built that network over time and I was able to bring with me not only the vast majority of the team, because most of the team had left Art of Charm and came with me on the new venture, but also I had so many allies. Half the time you're fighting, 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 fighting. And the answer you get is, sorry, I can't even do this. Sorry, I can't do this. And that's actually totally fine. It's not about getting a yes, it's getting a definitive answer. And even when you get a no, is it a no or a not yet? You know, it's a really interesting situation. And the problem is you have to consistently get those warm intros and then yeah, constantly sell it. Uh, I love the conversations. I love teaching the audience these networking, outreach, personal development, body language, neuroscience, tips, tricks, hacks. So I get to have conversations with great people, keep them interesting, and influence people to actually improve their lives. Every interview of The Jordan Harbinger Show, we have worksheets. And the worksheets have the takeaways from the guests so that the audience can listen in their car and they don't have to stop and take notes. You can be at the gym, you can listen, and then later on you go get the worksheet, you fill it out or you go through it mentally, and you get the major takeaways. I'm creating products that my audience wants. I'm not creating an audience for my products. So I'm creating the audience first based on what I love talking about doing and discussing and teaching. And then I'm creating products that that audience wants and needs. This is Fei Wu, and uh, yes, this is a new episode of Fei's World. We're always so excited. We love all our guests equally, as well as our listeners. Today on the show, I'm joined by Jordan Herbinger, but this is going to be a second time around with Jordan, because the first time when I interviewed Jordan was, gosh, a long time ago, in episode 59. That was more than 100 episodes ago. So who is Jordan Herbinger? If you haven't heard of him... He is once referred to as the Larry King of podcasting, and he is a Wall Street lawyer turned talk show host, social dynamics expert, and entrepreneur. Here's what happened uh, rather recently in 2018, because after hosting a top 50 iTunes podcast for over a decade that enjoyed nearly 4 million downloads a month at its peak, Jordan has embarked on a new adventure— the Jordan Harbinger Show, which is what we're going to talk about in this episode. On his new show, he continues to deconstruct uh, the playbooks of the most successful people on earth and share their strategies, perspectives, and the insights with the rest of us. So in between uh, that episode and this new one, Jordan got married. Yay, go Jordan! And his wife is lovely and uh, an incredible business partner to him. So enjoy this episode. 
it is very fun. And Jordan teaches us something very useful and meaningful, which is partly the transitions and reflections he has had, uh, you know, stepping out of the previous podcast and moving on to a new one. He gives us insights as to how he ramped up the new podcast so quickly into millions of downloads within months, just months. And also, most importantly, how he keeps in touch with his connections, his weak ties or dormant ties, which you guys have recently heard about on a previous episode with David Burkus. No surprise, David Burkus and Jordan Harbinger are also friends, and they have a lovely uh, podcast recording together, which we'll reference um, via the blog post of this episode. So please enjoy the second time around with Jordan Harbinger. And uh, this guy is simply charming, and it's always a pleasure to talk to him this. So let us know your feedback. We are at FaceWorld everywhere. And our podcast is growing. We have so many new initiatives. We have a documentary in the process. I am working around the clock, serving that very purpose. But check it out. FaceWorld has really evolved, and we're a company, and we offer many different services to people and businesses. So visit faceworld.com, F-E-I-S-W-O-R-L-D.com to learn more. Without further ado, please welcome Jordan Harbinger to the FaceWorld podcast. I think what you're doing right now, Jordan, it's just phenomenal. I think we we rather not not see the art of charm kind of kind of leave without you. But what you're doing is not only difficult but interesting. It's not about staying at the top, but how one will go back to the top. And you're doing that so phenomenally quickly. Um, what what I'm interested in in knowing is your journey. I think in the past six months or so, going from the absolutely top fifty show, uh, you know, The Art of Charm, to starting something brand new on your own, uh, The Jordan Harbinger Show, in such a short period of time. I think what people can really learn from your experience is not only to stay at the top, but when a platform is taken away from you, how you could be so resilient to go back to the top. I, I want you to share some of your experience there and learnings. Sure. So what I found was that it's thank goodness I was practicing what I preach, if I can say it like that. What I mean is I was building relationships for the past 10 plus years, you know, practicing a lot of the concepts that I teach on the Jordan Harbinger show and at Advanced Human Dynamics about giving without the expectation of anything in return, helping other people, introducing people to each other, keeping people engaged, managing my relationships in a in a very sort of deliberate way. That stuff is it just turned out to be so key um, because when you leave, when you find yourself on the outside of your company or your organization, the only real chance that you have, you, you bring with you your talent, if you have any, which I'm not sure that I do. You bring together your work ethic, but great, you're starting from zero. So what are you going to do about that? And then you bring your network. And if you don't have one, you essentially have to do everything yourself, right? If you don't have that, that network. And so thankfully, I had built that network over time. And I was able to bring with me 
not only the vast majority of the team, because most of the team had left Art of Charm and came with me on the new venture, but also I had so many allies. I was able to reach out to Tom Bilyeu at Impact Theory, James Altucher, Jim Quick, you know, all of these amazing folks and the guys from Art of Manliness, you know, stuff like that, the Mind Pump guys, uh, all these other business shows and say, look, I'm in a pickle. Would you consider helping me? And instead of going, oh, you're dead to me, you, you don't have a platform anymore or, well, I don't know, I'm pretty busy these days. Everyone was like, sure. I mean, I, I had people almost jumping at the chance because I had been helpful to them in the past. And I had made relationships with a lot of really good people who were very nice, kind-hearted and good, good folks. And that was a big deal. That's a big deal because if I hadn't made those relationships, because it's very tempting when you're a business owner, you've got a hundred things to do. You know how your social media works. You've got a bajillion people to manage, but the outreach and the relationships thing is kind of a black box with the, that might not ever have any ROI in return on that investment. It's hard to go, oh, you know what I need to do? I need to reach out to people for 20 minutes a day and engage all these other people. I mean, it's so hard to do that. But thankfully you see the return on that investment. You see that you need to dig the well before you're thirsty. And if you actually do it, it's such a huge win, but it's so easy to procrastinate. Wow. You know, I, I feel like that, that's a reminder to me that I feel like I don't spend enough time reaching out to people, especially, you know, people who helped me recently or a year and a half ago and all that. So how much time do you manage that on a daily or on a weekly basis? Like, what, what do you do now nowadays that are quite different than what you used to do? Yeah, you know, what I do is every day I, well, every Monday, first of all, I'm consistently, I spend like an hour, hour and a half. I go through Contactually, which is to introduce your listeners to this if they don't know about it already. It's a CRM, but it's for relationships. And essentially you put in people's contact information, how often you want to be in touch with them. And it reminds you, hey, you haven't talked with Faye in 90 days. Oh, hey, you haven't talked with Jocko Willink in 60 days. And you set up these buckets and you keep in touch with those people through Contactually. So every Monday I spend an hour, hour and a half reaching out to the people who are in the dashboard, you know, the sort of overdue folks in Contactually. And then... I also find that every well every day itself, 9, 10 a.m., I do what's called text re-engagement and Gmail roulette, where I'll spend literally five to 10 minutes, scroll all the way to the bottom of my texts each day, find people that I haven't texted in eight, nine months, whoever's at the bottom. You know, those are the oldest texts. And I'll re-engage those people and I'll say, hey, it's been a minute. I think we met at a conference a while ago, haven't spoken to you in forever. Would love a quick update when you get a chance. No rush. No urgency on this at all. Signed, Jordan Harbinger. And the reason you sign your name is so that they don't go, new phone, who is this? And you also say, no rush, no response needed. Because people who are selling things, they build urgency, right? They're like, contact me quick for... Uh, I have something important to tell you. And then you're like, what? And they're like, buy this stupid health shake, right? But if you're like, hey, no rush, everybody's busy, you don't have to get back to me anytime soon, it actually increases the response rate. So I do that every day. And Gmail roulette is the same thing, but with email. I open up a Compose window while I'm in line at Starbucks or whatever, and I type in two letters and I type in like AD and it's like Adam Grant. And you're like, oh yeah, sure. You know, you pick the name you recognize, you reach out to them, same scripts. You try to tailor everything, but same basic script. And then you send those along. And the reason that you do both is because people who 
you have in your email, chances are you don't have their phone number a lot of the time. And people whose phone number you have, generally it's a more, it's a closer relationship because they trusted you with, with their number at one point. So that type of thing, if you do both, you do it to five people a day in each method, you start re-engaging hundreds of people, 300 or so every month, maybe 200 every month. That's a lot of people. These are dormant and weak ties. And then as those conversations evolve, you can add them to contactually and keep in touch with them and, and expand the relationship even more. And so I dedicate time to this because it's a nice way to live to be able to introduce people to each other. And it's also, you feel good about it. You're able to help other people out. It's a lot of fun. You get uh, to hear about what other people are up to and get a lot of ideas. And another thing is, frankly, you end up with a lot of opportunities. You know, people will text you back a few weeks later and say things like, hey, it was good talking to you a few weeks ago. Turns out my friend's having a conference in the Bay Area. Would you be interested in speaking there? Their keynote just canceled. He's kind of in a pinch. You'd be perfect for it. And I've gotten paid speaking gigs, made a few thousand bucks. Uh, you know, from things like that. I've gotten introduced to people who say, oh, you know, I have a friend who's in that area. He just texted me a few weeks ago. Why don't you meet up with him and you'll meet some CEO or business owner or they'll say, what are you looking for? And I say, uh, high profile guests from my show are always really good. Interesting people are always really good. And they go, you know what? I just came across this amazing CEO. You want an introduction. You really have to play the numbers game when it comes to this kind of thing. And so you don't have the ability to predict who you're going to be able to help or who's going to be able to help you. And so you have to play the numbers game. And the way to do that is text re-engagement, use contactually, uh, and do the Gmail roulette and really spend at most, honestly, two hours a week. And I'm talking about in five-minute blocks for most of it with the texting and everything. And that stuff, that stuff will change your life over time, especially. I'm committed. I, I've been thinking about... Uh, just putting this on hold, I think, for about six months to a year now and and thinking about it almost every week of reaching back out to people with podcasting. And, you know, I know I think both of us are, are for our entire life are very proactive in connecting with other people. At the same time, just like you, I really hate networking events. So, you know, I think what I learned from that wonderful episode between you and David Burkus is the idea of doing what you just described. So you mentioned Gmail Roulette. What was the app The app that you mentioned with the text message? I just use my texting app. So I just scroll all the way to the bottom of my texts, right? So on an iPhone or Android, if you're looking at the bottom of... or Sorry, if you're looking at your text, the most recent ones are always on the top. So just scroll all the way down until it won't scroll anymore. And you'll probably find a bunch of spam calls or like text spam, you know, where it's like, click here to get a mortgage quote. You can delete those. In fact, you should just block those callers. And what's funny is when I first started this, I had texts in here from like three years ago. You know, I had texts in here that were super, super old. But since I started re-engaging them, they float to the top. You know, you end up with a bunch of folks in here that you haven't talked to in a long time. And even if you've, you're doing this every day, and your latest, your oldest texts are only a few months old, it's still a really good natural way to keep those people engaged. You know, and you're only doing it a few times for a few minutes a day. So it's a really, really fun and free way to uh, stay in touch with people that you normally wouldn't have. But ideally, you have something like Contactually and you systemize it officially. Mm -hmm.
is so fascinating. I don't know. I just I try to imagine all the the conversations that will happen, all the ideas that will spark. Since I changed my phone, most people I have not even texted in years. So it will be fascinating to find their number and, like you said, sign my name and just reach out to them and find out what's going on. You know. Yeah, it's important to do this. Because you have to dig the well before you're thirsty, right? You can't start relationships after you need them. If I started reaching out to people like, hey, uh, I left the Art of Charm and I'm doing the Jordan Harbinger show now. Can you help me do this? I would have probably had some people say yes. But most of the people that I was talking to, it was like, hey, uh, I talked to you three, two, two, three months ago. This is what happened. And they were like, oh my gosh. So it was like calling a friend and telling them what happened. It wasn't Hey, random stranger who doesn't have my number saved, I have this thing that happened. You know, it was really easy for me to reach out. It wasn't awkward. It didn't, it, you know, yes, it was vulnerable, but it wasn't awkward. And so I, I also recommend that people right now, if you're not reaching out to these weaker or dormant ties, I have an exercise called layoff lifelines. So imagine you get laid off from your job today, you get fired, you get laid off, your company implodes if you're self employed. Who are the 10 or 15? people you'd contact to solicit advice on what to do next. So make that list of 10 to 15 people. You're just getting advice. It's not like, who would you call to get some money? Like, you know, your parents don't count or whatever. Make that list and then reach out to those people now when you don't have an agenda and when you don't need anything specifically. Because that's not awkward. You reach out to your college professor, you can say... Hey, I realized I've done just a terrible job of keeping in touch with people over the years. I, I have you on this list of people that really made an impact on me. I'd love an update on what you're doing. Here's what I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera. That's a whole lot different than, hey, I haven't talked to you. You made an impact on me in college. Can I have a job at this company that you advise? Right? That's totally, totally different. So this, this exercise gets momentum going. It ends the cycle of procrastination because, again, you have 100 things to do as a business owner or an entrepreneur or just an individual. This is one of those like, well, I don't know exactly what I would do or say or who I'd even reach out to. This is when you figure that out. Make that list, reach out. This is the one area of your life or especially of your business where you can't make up for lost time. By the time you need these relationships, it's too late. You know, the best time to plant a tree was, what is it, 100 years ago? The second best time is right now. Start doing that stuff. Yeah, start doing it now. And that's one thing that I, I did a lot of it when I was working at the old company. And I'm so thankful that I did. And my only regret is that I didn't start doing it earlier and that I didn't do even more of it. Mm. This type of advice um, is what precisely what people need to hear. So many people who now work full-time, which I haven't been doing it for the past three years now, they don't realize the importance of that. And, and I almost feel like every time these days I get a call from people who haven't heard from me or who I haven't heard from, it's always about either getting a job and their source of some sort of financial situation they're in. So I love where you're going with this. I, I'm going to just switch gear a little bit. And as I am kind of interested in hearing about the fact that now the Jordan Harbinger show, it's it's just you now. And it's kind of an adventure you're taking on. There are what I call sort of the unwritten rules for what you want it to be. And there's an opportunity maybe for rebranding it or keeping things the same. What is that process like? You know, I mean, you had to do this very quickly too. So what was that process like to start this new show? It was actually a lot easier than a lot of people probably think. So the first thing that I did 
was reach out to those same people for advice. You know, I made that list. I'd already been in touch with a lot of folks, but I reached out. I did make a list regardless of people that I wanted to reach out to for advice. And some of the people on that list were like Norm Pattis, the owner of Podcast One, which is my network. Uh, I reached out to, of course, people that would give me emotional support, like good friends, family. I reached out to a lot of other entrepreneurs who I expected. Cam Harold, um, who uh, another entrepreneur, I don't know if you know him. And... I reached out to quite a few folks like that. And I said, what do you think I should do? You know, what would you do in my position? And they universally had the same or similar advice. And they said things like, look, keep going. Don't miss a beat. Cam helped me walk through a plan. Norm Pattis said, don't miss a beat. You know, I've seen this happen before. The best thing you can do is keep moving forward. And universally, what a lot of folks said was, this is going, you're going to look back on this and you're going to realize this was the best thing that ever happened to you. And I was like, what are you freaking talking about? You know, how is that even, how is that even possible? And Cam, especially, who said, look, I worked at this other company. I got fired after 11 years by somebody I thought was my best friend, et cetera. He goes, that was the best thing that ever happened. He's like, I was burning out. I didn't want to be there, which is exactly where I was with AOC, my old company. And he goes, now I do what I love. I work with people that I love. I love everything that I do, et cetera. And I thought, wow, this is incredible. Because at first I was like, great. Fast forward me to the part where this is the best thing that ever happened to me and not like the crappiest situation in the world. you know. And it was, it was quite funny for me to hear that because for not even five months in right now is where we're at. We're literally... Actually, I think in a few days it might be we might be like five months total, uh, the five-month quote-unquote anniversary or so of this. And um, it, I, I'm really starting to see that this probably is actually the best thing that could have happened. Because I would never have left the old company voluntarily. Uh, I didn't know if I had the guts to do it. The getting was too good. The money was good. A lot of things were working. Um, but I was really unhappy. But it was kind of like, well, I can't start now. I can't start over now. And then this sort of hiccup, the way things shook out, is actually great because I was able to take the skills, the relationships, the work ethic, of course, everything that I needed. And additionally, I have all these relationships around me and rebuilding a company in the way that I actually want to rebuild it has just been exciting. It's I already see the potential for something greater than what I was doing before. The show's growing so fast. And being able to regain that audience, not going to be overnight, but in a year or two, we will definitely be further along than where I was before. And I will be happier in working with people that I, I really enjoy. Oh, speaking of the show, picking up so quickly, uh, what, you know, I'm not really a numbers person, but what, what are some of the numbers that I've heard over the past few months, like subscribers and downloads, I think in the millions, right? So... Yeah. I mean, you can't tell how many subscribers there are. Thanks, Apple. But so far, as of right now, I just happen to be on my stats page. Uh, I'm, I, by the end of today, or at least in the middle of tomorrow, we will have hit 7 million downloads for the show in the last five months, not even. And the last 30 days have gotten 2.9 million downloads in the past month. So if you sort of extrapolate that, the show has just grown ridiculously. You know, it's the middle of the afternoon and I have 97,000 downloads for the day. It's not even a big download day. It's a pretty normal Tuesday. So 
that's where we're at right now. Now, look, it's not where I was at the peak of the other show when I had it built up to the max, but it's a completely new show with new guests and different marketing and no, you know, no discernible traffic funnel, no email list. The social started from zero. Like these are just the people that have searched and found me or heard me on other shows in the past four months, five months. So I'm quite happy with that growth curve. Wow. I mean, it's also, I think in a way that there's just feels like a controversy as well that I think people are off balance and they love your listeners obviously love you and they will for sure follow you. I think people want to find out what happened at this point. Most people probably do know what happened and they're sticking around is because the content is so good. And I love where you're going with, uh, I think one of the latest episodes I was listening to tapped into relationships and, and that was kind of fascinating, you know, and uh, even though I, I'm not really in the situation of what the, I guess, the the letter or was describing, but you're getting into some of the heavy duty stuff. So to take a to kind of take myself a step back, what are some of the topics and guests that interest you that you're going after at this moment? Sure. So what I'm going after in this particular moment is let's see. I mean, I've I've had a lot of really interesting guests, of course, as you know, uh, a lot of really cool people. Barry Katz, who's a one of the best talent. I guess you would say finders, discoverers in America. I discovered Dave Chappelle, Jay Moore, Whitney Cummings, Bill Burr, just all the top comedians, Louis C.K. I had Cal Fussman on recently to discuss. He's just a great interviewer, storyteller. But of course, I also have social scientists and real regular scientists on to talk about things like brain science and focus. And we just have so many interesting folks coming on, including... Let's see. I've got Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew coming on the show pretty soon, if you remember them. Senator Barbara Boxer uh, is coming on next week. Uh, Ehud Barak, which is random. He used to be the prime minister of Israel, and he founded the Israeli Special Forces or one of the units, the Sayeret uh, Special Forces. He's coming on the show. So to get a you know former world leader on the show who is within inches of the peace process in the Middle East is pretty cool. There's also a, a, the COO of COO of Facebook is coming on, which, and let's see. Whew, there's so many interesting people. General Hayden, who is the former head of the CIA and NSA is coming on. And there, there really honestly is just a ton. Dennis Miller, a comedian, he's coming on the show. Jordan, Jordan Peterson, uh, who is very controversial right now and uh, often in the news, he's coming on the show. Uh, a New York Times reporter who infiltrated ISIS. She's coming on the show. William Shatner from Star Trek, Captain Kirk coming on the show. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, just next level people, honestly. Just really crazy fun and interesting people. And there's more. Hi there. It's Faye again, thanks so much for listening to part one of the interview. Don't forget there is part two and it's available right now because we release two parts together every week. If you're on your podcast app, all you have to do is go to your episodes and scroll right up. Part two should appear right above part one. And if you're using a different app like I am, I love Overcast, the way that you will find uh, part two is under unplayed episodes should also be right above part one.